0: Anyway, um, I feel uh, God wants to give some faith inside of us tonight. Amen. Uh, As I sat there this evening, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, give these people, we need need some faith. You know, sometimes we get into, uh, you know, the seasons in the things of the Spirit. And, you know, today we were talking at the main uh, service, the two o'clock service. It was talking about dealing with fear and stuff in our life. But also God wants us to, uh, to remind us that we're also a people of faith yeah. and therefore we need to act like it as well sometimes. Amen. So if you'd like to open your Bibles to 1 Samuel. And uh, we're in chapter 17, <clears throat> which of course is the big story of David and Goliath. And then we're going to start from verse 24. And we'll just kind of work, work our way through it. So 1 Samuel, chapter 17, and starting from verse 24. When the Israelites saw the man, Goliath, they all fled from him, terrified. I just want to stop and pause on that for a minute, because what was it that intimidated? Oh, that looks nice. What are you eating something? No, I don't know. it's good. Hey, what, what intimidated uh, the Israelites, uh, no thanks, son, that's very kind of me, is the, is the enormity of Goliath. I mean, he was a very imposing man. I think he was about nine and a half foot tall, probably wasn't thin, probably like a big, 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 probably tubby guy with lots of muscles and stuff. He had a humongous sword on him, a huge spear, uh, some poor guy that had to go <laughs> ahead of him with a shield and stuff. This guy was exceptionally imposing and exceptionally threatening to, to uh, the people of Israel. You know, you're probably like in the morning thinking, yeah, I can take him. And then when you suddenly see this guy walk out into the battlefield, it's like, yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> no way. Because they saw Goliath, and, and what they did is they looked at things in the natural. They looked at themselves in the natural, and they thought, well, I'm like five foot whatever, and at best six foot something. And then they looked at Goliath, who is nine, nine and a half foot, and then immediately thought, there's no way little old I could possibly defeat someone that big. And someone who is uh, military, skilled, as it says it in the scripture here, that uh, Goliath was literally from, from a young age, brought up and trained in the ways of warfare. So this guy, you know, he knew his stuff he was a warrior born and bred and out popped this crazy looking guy and they literally trained him to be a warrior so the average israelites looked at this guy but they looked at him in the natural that was the first primary mistake that the israelites made and it's the one thing that david doesn't do okay so Let's move on. So when the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him, terrified. Oh, my. And one of them said, have you seen this man who comes up challenging Israel? Whoever succeeds in killing him will be richly rewarded by the king. Yeah, I bet they will get the king to do, do his dirty business for him. And, yeah, man, I'll give you my wife and my daughter. Sorry, not my wife. I'll give you my daughter in marriage and, and, uh, and let your family be free from every contribution and paying taxes. And David asked those who are around him, "What will be the reward for the person who kills the Philistines and, and uh, lifts this disgrace from Israel? And who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of living God? In other words, wh- who who does this guy think he is? He's not circumcised. He's not a member of the covenants of God. He doesn't have you know God as his power. He doesn't have God as the source of his strength." He doesn't have anything to do with God. This is an uncircumcised Philistine. Right. He's the pits. He's the lowest of the low. This guy should mean nothing to us. So David, David's already a man of faith. He's already starting for the place because it will say a little bit later on. He's already he's already killed a bear and a lion. As a, as a shepherd boy, I, have you ever killed a bear or lion? Any, any takers on bears and lions? No, right? You generally don't want to punch bears and lions. Generally, when you see a bear and a lion, good protocol is run, right? That's generally what you should do. Apparently you're not supposed to do that with a bear, but sorry, but if I see a bear coming after me, I'm running. Anyway, so, or maybe I should stop and fight it. I don't know. What do you reckon I should do? You hide. Hide, 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 run, hide, fight. Okay. But David was already a man of faith. He'd, he'd have experience. And this is one of the thing I want to start with here. Is everyone in this room has had experience of victories over the devil. Everyone in this room, I don't care who you are, everyone in this room has experienced victory over the devil. And the thing that David had is that... He did something that we don't often do. Now, to be fair, he was young. They reckon he was around about fifteen when he did this. All right, so uh, youth groups, all on you guys, right? So, so you know, these experiences are quite new to him, and you know what young people are like. You know, let me at them let me at him, you know, and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But, but he knew because he believed God could, and he'd seen that God had, and God did, and therefore he brought that to the playing field. He brought that to the battlefield. But what many of the Israelites were doing is that they were purely basing their walk with God based on their personal experience of their abilities. Well, I as a soldier could take those guys, but I can't take that guy because I don't have the experience. Thinking in the natural, doing things in the natural. Well, you know, I can't possibly... um, come against the devil in this area because I just don't have the skills. (laughs) All right. Let's keep moving on. When his eldest brother Eliab saw David talking to the men, he was angry and said, why did you come here with whom? Did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know you're an insolent fellow. You've come only to watch the battle. Eliab. Okay. He sees his little brother coming in. Now, we don't really know, but there's a bit of a backstory here about, about David and his brothers. And he was obviously the youngest of the young. And he was kind of like, I guess, seen as the runt of the family. It didn't seem like his brothers liked him very much. But do you, but you hear that little statement? What are you doing here? Why are you not tending those few sheep? And you'll get people that will look at you and try to demean you to what, you, what they think you are. He did it to Jesus. What? But you're just a carpenter. You, how can you claim to be the son of God? You're just a carpenter. David, what are you doing here? Why are you even asking these questions? So why are you starting that faith talk? You've obviously been watching, uh, watching the KCM channel again, coming out with all that faith talk. But you just need to go home and tend those few sheep because that's all you are. You're a shepherd. You amount to nothing. You're a nobody and nobody cares what you've got to say. So why don't you zip off and go back to your few sheep? Anyone ever had that happen to them? Well, what would you know? You're just a young person. You shut your mouth. You don't know anything about anything. What are you even doing here anyway? You don't need, you shouldn't be it. The first thing that Satan will try to do is discourage you by using people around you and normally members of your own family. Yeah, amen. And the family of God to belittle you and put you down to try and remind you of just who you are as far as they're concerned. Yeah, you're just a carpenter. What would you know? Sometimes being overly familiar with somebody is not good either, because being overly familiar with someone means you don't necessarily get to see what God is doing inside of that person. Sometimes God is doing something inside of it, but you're just so obsessed with or getting offended at that because you're so familiar with them. It's like, oh, well, they would never amount to much in God. What could they possibly do? I mean, what's David? He just takes care of a few sheep. I mean, you can imagine when he came home and he killed that bear and hit that lion. I mean, that must have uh, really annoyed his brothers, especially that they're trained soldiers. And it's like, you know, David, I killed a bear today. I hit it with my fist and knocked it dead. Right? And and I could just imagine it's like, just shut up. Just shut up. Just go back to your few sheep. And David asks, you can tell he's young. What have I done this time? I was merely asking something. (laughs) <laughs> well, I haven't done anything. What did I do? Leaving his brother, good bit of wisdom there, David turned to another man, like that, just ignore his brother, and asked him the same question. And the people answered him the same as before. Now, David is doing something here because he's having a reaction, because he's, he's speaking faith, because he's saying, Why? why you know, what is the deal with this uncircumcised Philistine? It says in verse 31, David's remarks spread around and reached Saul who asked for him. So it's like, all right, he's saying stuff that's having that's that's inspiring the man in some way. And this this rippled out and came to the king himself. And David said to Saul, let no one be discouraged on account of this Philistine for your servant will engage him in battle. (laughs) All right, really? How old are you? Fifteen? Do you even shave? You know, it's like, so, so let no one be discouraged. And David, he's just this man of faith. Oh, don't let anyone be discouraged on account of this Philistine. What would this Philistine do? This Philistine's nothing compared to us. You know, because our God is greater. Your servant, he will engage him in battle. And Saul told David, You cannot go out and fight with this Philistine, for you're still too young. Whereas this man has been a warrior from his youth. So again, now the king is doing it. He's like, I appreciate your faith talk. And it, it's, it's, it's very encouraging and very touching. But don't you think you're a little bit young? Don't you think you're a bit this? Don't you think you're not really qualified in that area? Don't you think that really your skills as a shepherd are really not gonna pay out here in the battlefield? You know, but, but, yeah, but, but, I, you, know, you, but you just work out in a checkout. You just flip burgers and McDonald's for a living. What could you possibly do around here that could change things? How could you change the world? (laughs) But David said, verse 34, when I was tending my father's sheep, a few of them, whenever a lion or bear came to snatch a lamb from the flock. Oh, wow. Look at this. I would run after it. Is that what your translation says? Sorry? went Went after. I prefer mine. I'd run after it. Now, have you ever known anyone to run after a lion or a bear to go get it? He said, I would run after it, kill it, and rescue the victim from its mouth. I can't imagine there was much left of the victim, but he got it out of its mouth. And if it, and if it attacked me, I would hold it by its jaw and slay it. Now, just just think of that. Date, now this is really important that you pay attention to this. David ran after it because you're gonna see him do exactly the same thing in a minute. So David ran after it. He didn't flee, he didn't think, oh man, you know, shame, sheep gone, <laughs> he ran after the thing to rescue it. I mean, he, he probably, he didn't have any tools, he didn't go out with a big sword or anything, he just had a sling and he's and his bare hands. And then when the animal decided like, hey, I don't like what you're doing to me, turned around and tried to kill him, he, he grabbed it by its jaws and killed it. Verse 36, I have killed lions and bears. Plural, lions and bears. All right, so how many of you here have had some chalk-ups on your I got Satan board? Yeah, come on, how many have you got? you got probably got a lot, yeah? But it's so easy that when we when we often again get something really big and intimidating, we forget the chalk up board. We're then well, yeah, but oh, but that was then, and oh, but that was a different circumstance, and oh, but that wasn't so big as this mountain, and oh, that was that was not quite so insurmountable as this, and that wasn't as impossible as this. But I bet if you put yourself back in the time when you did deal with those devils, it was insurmountable ins- and it was impossible at that time. But you think, you see, when you, if you play uh, electronic video games, you will know that you get a go to a new level, you get a bigger boss man to deal with. OK, or as, they, as we Christians say, new level, bigger devil. Yeah. So, so you're going to get new challenges. But what God doesn't want his people to be is afraid of. These challenges or look at themselves in the natural and say well I'm just this and I'm just that I'm just an old lady or I'm just an old man or I'm just this or I'm too young or I'm whatever okay because stop looking at who you are because if you compare yourself to the power of the devil guess what you are nothing but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you amen Absolutely. If you're gonna try and knock yourself and say, I'm gonna look at myself and I'm gonna try and take on Satan, yeah, good luck with that. Cause you're gonna be splat like a bug. But if you come at Satan knowing that it's not by your strength or your power, but by his might, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, hallelujah. It's not by power, what's the word, what's the scripture? Not by power, not by, but by my spirit, says the Lord. By whose spirit? His spirit. All right, so verse 35, I would run after it, kill it, rescue the victim from its mouth. If it attacked me, <laughs> I would hold it by its jaw and slay it. I've killed lions and bears and will do the same with this uncircumcised Philistine. Yeah, I love how he keeps saying uncircumcised, uncircumcised Philistine, uncircumcised. He's saying it like a swear word. It's like ugh, uncircumcised Philistine. For he has defied the armies of the living God. You see, he knew... He knew what was going on here. It's like, battlefield of Israel, you guys are the armies of the living God. What are you doing? What are you allowing this uncircumcised pagan to boss you guys around when you are the army of the living God? You have the presence of God right behind you in the Ark of the Covenant. What's going on around here? This is a 15 year old kid laying it out for all the the experts. (laughs) <laughs> and David continued, the Lord who delivered me from the paws of lions and bears, plural, will deliver me from the hands of the Philistine. Now, Saul is getting some faith getting him inside him because Saul then told David, go and may the Lord be with you. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You do it. <laughs> but he's getting some faith. He's believing in this guy that maybe he could see that this guy has done stuff for God. He sees that this guy has actually got a track record. You know, they get some Christians that talk real big, but they've got nothing, no substance, nothing behind them. But then you get those Christians that sometimes don't talk very big and they're very quite meek and humble. And sometimes they come out with stuff and you think, these guys have got a track record. They've been there. They've done it. So, yeah, you go do it. All right. And Saul, here's another mistake that was made here. Saul fitted his armour on David, put a bronze helmet on his head, clothed him with a coat of mail, and David secured his sword over the armour but could not walk Uh, uh, because he was not used to them. So he said to Saul, I can't move with all these trappings on me because I'm not accustomed to wearing them. So he got rid of them. And this is another thing that happens. It's like, well, if you're going to do this, you're gonna to have to do it the way I think you should do it. All right, so I think you should wear my kind of armor so you can do it in my kind of way because that's what seems uh, logical, that's what seems wise, that's what seems the right thing to do. Which is all very well for Saul who's a king and is used to it, but David isn't. He's not used to this stuff. This is not how he's, this is not how he's fought a, a bear and fought a lion. He's done it in a different way. And so this is another lesson. Do it the way God has showed you. If you've learned something in your past and you've done it several times and it's always worked, then do it because that's that's the way that God has showed you to deal with certain devils and demons in certain areas in your life and certain challenges, then keep on doing it, get better at it. Then he took his staff, picked up five smooth stones from the brook and dropped them inside his shepherd's bag. So the tools he's taking with him out into the battlefield are not the professional tools of the trade. He's not going out there with a sword. He's not going out there with a shield. He's got no armor plating on him at all. He's going, I mean, he's learned to deal with bears and lions as a shepherd. So he's gonna take on this uncircumcised Philistine, guess what, as a shepherd, using some shepherd stuff. So he's gonna get himself a little shepherd's bag. Yeah, I don't know what kind of logo it had on it, but he had a nice little shepherd's bag, put it on and picked up some stones. How many stones did he pick up? Five, good, yes, yeah, so he puts up, you gotta think, why, why five? I'm tell you, you can go find out yourself. So he picks up five stones and he puts them in, the, in, in, the, in his bag. And he drew near to the Philistine with his sling in his hand. So he drew near to the enemy, all right, first thing. The Philistine moving forward, closing in on David, his shield bearer in front of him. And when he saw that David was only a lad, he was of fresh complexion and handsome. OK, and he said with contempt, am I a dog? You should approach me with a stick, cursing David by his gods. And he continued, come and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. And this is Satan's Classic trick, he will intimidate you. He will give you, I mean, he will like say some things that really belittle you, discourage you, put you down. So you're thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this after all, maybe I shouldn't even be doing this. Maybe I should just leave this to the professionals. Maybe I should be wearing armor, I don't know. But that's the work of the enemy. He will always try to discourage you. He will always try to tear you down, always try to belittle you. You're never gonna amount to anything. I'm reminded once, of, uh, of, a, of, a gen- of a gentleman who, who, who normally I, I get emails from people, and occasionally I get a little bit of hate mail. But this particular piece of mail that I received, I wasn't sure if it was hate mail or not, and Trace said, you should phone these people, make, you know, uh, be nice to them. She meant the nice people. I, I know you did, Trace she meant the nice people. But anyway, I didn't quite read this email correctly, so I phoned this guy up, and, uh, And so we started talking stuff, and I could quite clearly see that he was one of my haters. Yeah, he wasn't really into me that much. Bless him. And 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 after a a, not a tense conversation, but I was just gently saying this, gently saying that, and in the end, I I said, "Okay, well, I've got to go now." And I just prayed for him, said a prayer for him. And he says, "Right, if I pray for you," I said, "Yeah." And then he just prayed this stuff like. Well, Lord Jesus, I just pray that this man learns to hold his mouth over his mouth and shuts up when he thinks that he, you're speaking to him. That he just learns to put his hand and gag himself and not speak when he thinks you're saying. And so all this kind of stuff. And I was like, whoa, dude. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, wow. I mean, I, I don't know. But anyway, so uh, after that, I was like, okay, mate, thank you. God bless you. Put the phone down. And, uh, and it, it kind of really, it just... I don't know, it just left something on me. And I was like, this is, this is, and I told Tracy, see my wife, she's a good woman. She said, get yourself down that prayer studio for the next 45 minutes and break that curse off yourself, all right? And don't come out until you've done it. <coughs> Tease at five, right? So so I had to go down there and I just, I just did some warfare and stuff and because in that moment, I, I guess I just didn't see it coming. And I was so shocked by the, that a Christian would have the gall to be that blunt and that rude. Well, it shouldn't surprise me, really. Uh, and it just took me aback. But this is the tra- strategy of Satan all the time. You know, when, when the guys were trying to rebuild the wall in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, you had people, I think Samballot and all that kind of stuff, trying to discourage them, trying to stop the work of God. And this is always going to happen. So when you start getting resistance... Go, yippee, resistance. I'm obviously on the right track. We're going to do some fighting. And this is David answered the Philistine in verse 45. Uh, you come against me with sword, spear and javelin. Well, good for you, bully for you. Look at the weapons that you use. Wow, they're really big and really powerful. But I come against you in the name of the Lord. Amen. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. You see, David didn't put his confidence in himself. He put his confidence in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is powerful. The name of the Lord is powerful to tearing down and demolishing of strongholds and all the power of Satan. The name of God is powerful. The name of God will get people saved. The name of God will deliver people from the power of Satan. The name of God is powerful. There is no other name under heaven or on earth. Every name must bow to that of Jesus. Everything, every knee, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. So Satan, yes, you've got some pretty impressive looking weaponry there. But I come to you in the name of Jesus. The Lord will deliver you this day into my hands. He's getting fighting talk now. He's talking like faith now. He's calling those things that are not as though they were and will be. The Lord will deliver you this day into my hands. Now, isn't this a bit presumptuous? Oh, I couldn't possibly say that because what if the Lord doesn't? It's like, oh, come on, man, you're, you know, you have the authority of Christ. You've been given to trample upon snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Luke 10, 19. All right. So, so don't think you're being presumptuous. OK, because let's be honest here. The enemy has come into David's camp. This Philistine is provoking the territorial line and so you have territorial lines you have a house you have families you have businesses you may have churches and when the devil encroaches on those territorial lines it's like "Ah, excuse me but you are not coming into my family and you're not going to screw up my children and you've just crossed the line and now because you crossed my line i am now going for you the lord will deliver you this day into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Hallelujah! Take the head off the beast, you know? Because if you don't take that head off, it just keeps coming back, doesn't it? Oh, it's me again. It's like, just slice that thing off. I mean, you know when David took that head home to his parents? I mean, have you ever had a teenager come in with something like, I don't know, probably about that big by that, dripping with blood and gore everywhere. Hi, mom, look what I got today. Where do you want me to put it? Shall I put it in the kitchen? It's like, get that out of the house, I just cleaned. The Lord will deliver you this day into my hands and I'll strike down and cut off your head. I will give your corpse and the corpses of the not just not just his corpse, but the corpses of the Philistine army today to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth shall know that there is a God in Israel. It says in Romans that the Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of us. And it's about time. That we actually started? I mean, we've had a nice, a nice rest. We've been resting now for the last 30 years. We've allowed the world to get away with everything. We've, we've allowed them to break into those territorial lines. That, but rightly below, we've been nice Christians. Yeah, we've put up with it. But as it said, I remember this uh, one scene in Star Trek, uh, insur- is it Insurrection or, or whatever it is, when the Borg attack, and Jean-Luc goes, the line, he said, the line has been drawn here, this far and no further. And we've got to draw a line as well and say, Satan, this is the line and you've crossed it this far and no further. Now in the name of Jesus, and we're gonna do something about it. Do you know what? In my prayer room in the mornings, right? Sometimes, I mean, I've got this great book, it's called Prayer Passport. Man, I give the devil some hard time because I'm not gonna allow him to keep coming into my life and into our family and into our ministry and into our churches with all these various things, no. Because Paul says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Most of the troublemakers that come in church are being influenced by spiritual powers. I don't have to speak to them half the time. I do most of my warfare in the prayer room and deal with it there. It's come quiet in here, hallelujah. All the people gathered here shall know the Lord saves, not by the sword or spear. The battle belongs to the Lord and he will deliver you into our hands. So whose battle is it? The Lord's Lord's battle. So when the devil is coming into your territory, it's like, "Uh uh-uh, Mr. Devil, you have come too far. Then whose battle is this? It's the Lord's. So take it to the devil, take it to him. You all right, Trace? Good. No sooner had the Philistine moved to attack him, than David rushed to the battleground. I love this. And putting his hand into his bag, he took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on the forehead. Now, some translations said David ran to attack him. David ran after the lion. He ran after the bear. His his principle of attack was, I'm not even gonna let this guy get a movement. I'm not gonna let him get a move on me at all. Before he even knows it, I'm gonna be there. And that's David's fighting mentality. And this is what God wants for his church to be. Hey guys, why don't you move in for the attack before he's even had a chance to get his sword out of his, out of his scabbard and boom, you're dead. You're dead, you're done. And whilst he's falling down to the ground, get, get his own sword, his own weaponry that he was so proud about, because look at my guns and look at my power. And the very thing that, that he was taunting you with, take it off him and chop his head off with it. Amen. Hmm. Hallelujah. Victory is sweet. Oh, yes. Victory is sweet. I can sense some fear in the room right now. It's like, I'm not sure if I should do this. I don't really want to annoy Mr. Devil. I don't. Well, tell me. Let me tell you something. He don't care if he annoys you. He don't care if he, if he robs your family. He doesn't care if he takes your joy and your peace. He just don't care. And what are you going to do? Just keep, well, I'll just keep moving this line back and keep moving this line back and I'll let I'll let the stuff that's going on in the world and the church and we'll just keep moving back and keep moving back and keep. No, no. We've got to be like David. You've got to run out to him and take it to him. And before he even knows what's, what's coming, boom, right in the head with the word of God. He got that slingshot and slammed that stone straight into his head and the guys went, hit that ground solid, hallelujah because he was hit in the head by the tool that David knew. And it was that he got the word of God and he picked it up and he slung it into the enemy. Because you think, well, did he? I thought he used a stone because he'd already done it. He'd already said, you have defied God's armies. And this day in the name of the Lord, you're going down. And not you only going down, I'm gonna chop your head off. And not only when I've done that, then the birds of the field and everything else are gonna eat not just your flesh, but all your mates too. Fighting talk, hallelujah. And I believe God wants to get us a little bit roused up and a little bit fighty because we're very English, aren't we? We're very British. But let me tell you something. When the British get into fighting and into warfare, they are a fearful people. The trouble is with the Brits is that we, it takes a lot to rouse us to do anything. You know, if, you, if we were French, ah, Fifa la victory! we'd be out there doing it. But, but we're not French, right? No disrespect to anyone listening to this in France. I just want to say that. I love the French and I think you're awesome. Okay, But I do have to say to the British is that we do sit there and we do take it quite a lot because we've got to put a stupid up a lip and all that. But actually what God is saying, guys, get some faith. Because it's not based on your abilities. It's not based on your strength or lack of. It's based on on the name of the Lord. And the battle is not yours, but the battle is God's. Hallelujah. So next time the enemy starts coming in and giving you a little ride for your money, just draw the line in the sand and say, whoops, Mr. Devil, you've crossed the line. Before he knows what's hitting, run at him, give him the word of God and kick him where it hurts and chop his head off. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.